0: You know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's gonna be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more. Than probably any other quarterback. Because I get a little bit of that rookie itis, you know? I would have said, I would love to what you're Even though i straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference or something different? My mind imprisoned, then I saw the
1: vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere. In, somewhere in between. The in-between fantasy football podcast. So one thing that you know really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related.
0: Do what you can to
1: become a better person. To become a better human. All right, all right, all right, people of the planet of Earth, welcome back to a very special edition of the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Tuesday, November 2nd, week eight of the fantasy football season, the official, non-official halfway point in the season. Today, guys, we're going to give out our mid-season awards. We're going to break down all the fantasy football news that came in over the hollow weekend as always, Seth Wilcock here to get you through the day. Joined by my brother from another mother, Nathan Pullvote, and his beautiful wife, Jen Pullvote, keeping it cool out there in Colorado. Guys, how was the hollow weekend for you? It was great.
2: It, yeah, it was really fun. It was busy. It was jam packed. I mean, we had Halloween going on Friday night, and then a kid's birthday party Saturday night, and then actual Halloween Sunday. So it was jam packed.
0: Yeah, it was fun. It uh, made me remember why I used to love this holiday when I was a kid, uh, which I wrote about this week in my column. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, out now. Yep. Out now. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Selfless plug. Here we go. Uh, shameless plug. <laughs> selfless, shameless, whatever. <laughs> definitely not selfless. Uh, definitely shameless. Um, yeah, it was fun, man. How was yours? Seth? Dude,
1: I mean, it, it was as good as it can be when you're you know, 23, living in a college town. Uh, Katie and I found ourselves down at the Local pub about like 2 a.m. closing time and Ooh. uh saying some Tim McGraw live like you were dying out loud. So I mean <laughs> it was good, man. I cannot complain. Um we definitely got awakened to quite a bit of fancy football news on Sunday morning as well, though. Yep. Yes. Guys, we're gonna break it all down tonight from from the Calvin Ridley news to the Derrick Henry news. Um, everything we're going to touch on. We're also going to be giving out our mid-season awards. Super happy to have that back on the show. As always, we'll round it out some short things, sleepers of the week. Guys, if you want to catch this show on, on repeat, you know where to find it. It's on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, wherever you guys are getting your podcasts, you can find it. If you want to follow the site, the show, everything we have going on over here at IBT Media, That that's on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, you guys name it. Um Guys, I want to go ahead and get into it with our first segment, Front and Center. Front and Center is a new segment here on In Between Media. It is presented by the lovely people over at Monkey Knife Fight once again. And Monkey Knife Fight, guys, if you haven't heard of it yet, it is really DFS for the casual player. It's home of the famous More or Less games. And we've become very fond of these at In Between Media. We preview them every week on our DFS tailgate show. This is where you can stack several more or less games together. You can get a nice bonus. Monkey Knife Fight, they have football, golf, UFC, and NASCAR, all of which we have content here at InBetween Media. We actually have the championship race coming up this week as well um, for NASCAR. So if you guys want to get in on any of the action going in here at Monkey Knife Fight, make sure you use the promo code IBT. They're going to match your first deposit up to $100. And, guys, usually, you know, at, as we get into each of our segments here, we usually do have a drop for that. Um, this week, we do not have a drop for front and center, and that's because I specifically came up with it last night. And, you know, th- there was really no good way to pivot to the Calvin Ridley news, I felt like. We, we normally try to break down the fantasy football news and headline hijinks, which is more of a, a more of a fun, fun way of looking at fantasy football and all the craziness that happens with it. But I really just kind of want to take a moment and, and spotlight – what Calvin Ridley did and, you know, the courage that came with that. Um, obviously, if you guys didn't know by now, Calvin Ridley is stepping away f- from football for right now due to personal reasons lingering from his mental health. So um, Nate, I kind of want to turn it over to you and Jen here. What are your guys' thoughts here on Calvin Ridley and uh, mental health uh, once again in 2021, really coming into the forefront, which is just great to see.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it was brave. I commend him for it. I mean, if you, and obviously we don't know exactly what he's dealing with, but if you think about it from a perspective of, okay, I can continue to make all this money, or I can maybe continue to live, you know, like yeah. football is not more important than your mental health, your physical health. So, you know, I think it was, a, it had to be, it was the right decision for him.
0: I, I agree, obviously. What I keep thinking about in this scenario, and what happened, and things I've seen on social media about it, where people are like, "Well, he gave up on his team. He couldn't just power through. There are worse things in life." That's Something not how that mental health works. It's not how mental health works at all. You can't be right for everyone else around you if you aren't right for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's a hard lesson I had yeah. to learn in my life. That if I didn't love myself and I didn't believe in myself, I was no good to anyone around me. Mm-hmm. My wife my company, my work, my son, my family. He has to do what he has to do. And people keep talking about the privilege of he gets to just walk away because he's made so much money. If he has the ability to do this and he's a very impactful person, athletes are people that children look up to and adults look up to. And they set examples in communities. And if he's not right for himself, he needs to get out there and get himself right. Step away from the game. Hopefully he can come back at some point and be great, be a positive member of the community, but he needs to take time for himself. And it's a beautiful thing that he was able to do this. Yeah, and he he's worked able hard
2: and he he earned the right to walk away whenever he wanted to. This was the time. I mean, he's been out minus last week. he was out five and five on six or something like that. but um, yeah, he earned this for himself to be able yes. to walk away.
1: 100%. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times with fantasy football guys, we tend to think of injuries as something physical and something we can see. Mm-hmm. And with mental health, it's something we can't really see. It. And mm-hmm. you know, I think it goes to a personal level too. You never know what someone's going through. So hats off to Calvin Ridley and what he did. Um, we we hope he you know comes back soon, but not too soon, and and takes the time for himself and and really gets right. Um, we're excited to have him back. <laughs> got a, got a, we got a comment here from Brad Bull on on uh YouTube um if you were to hypothetically in an IDP league with Jen and Nate what would you give up for Joe Mixon Well <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: okay he's the king of trades first of all for anyone who doesn't who isn't in a league with Brad he concocts the craziest trade proposals like the absolute craziest like I think he and I went back and forth like 6 times a couple weeks ago over CMC and Chuba and who was it mixed? I don't even remember who else he wanted, but I ended up having to drop five players because I accepted the proposal, but it like included picks. It was crazy.
0: It was a wild trade. I remember looking at that. (laughs) Um, What would we give up for Joe Mixon? I would give up.
2: Oof! You're going to have to sweeten that pot pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean Joe Mixon's
2: fire. Hypothetically,
1: I I think we can definitely probably like like from we're more of a redraft show right here. So I think right now, like like Joe Mixon's definitely a top twelve back. So you need to give up something of value at that for dynasty. I guess it's more of your opinion on what you think of um, the Bengals and Joe Mixon long term, but definitely a lot I would say conclusively. Yeah, there is definitely no good way to pivot from the the Calvin Ridley. personal side to the fantasy football side. So I appreciate Brad giving us a, a hand in there and, and pivoting <laughs> back to fantasy football guys. What is your opinion here with Calvin Ridley and, and how we're going to move forward with our fantasy rosters? I personally am a little worried about rookie tight end, Kyle Pitts. Um, we saw him for the first time, get shadowed by Stefan Gilmore um, this past weekend. And he was shut down facing a real NFL cornerback next up for him that he is new Orleans, Dallas, new England, I think I'm worried about Kyle Pitts. I'm worried about Matt Ryan. I don't want any of these Jags as far as Tajay Sharp, Russell Gage. I'm good on those guys. Uh, do you guys see any light at the end of the tunnel here for, for the Falcons? Or, or am I just like doomsday lookout? Because, I mean, Calvin was such a big part of this. I don't... Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to say Russell Gage and Kyle Pitts are more relevant, I think. I think that you're not giving Pitts enough credit with – Reason and understandably, but I mean, both of those guys are, are going to have to do
0: better. Well, Pitts is a beast. Yeah. And it was his first week having to get matched up with the actual cornerback of that caliber and St- Stefan Gilmore. He's got Marcus Lattimore this week. And you can imagine Marcus Lattimore is probably going to be shadowing Pitts. Yeah. But this is an opportunity for Pitts to learn and to get better And he's going to, and he's going to do it quickly because he's a smart football player, which is why he was the fourth pick in the draft as a tight end. Who's not actually a tight end. He's actually the reincarnation of Calvin Johnson. (laughs) If we're being honest, he's going to figure it out. So my worry is maybe next week against new Orleans. He doesn't look so hot if he's got Gilmore, but past that he's going to figure it out because he's a wide receiver and he's going to, he will figure it out.
1: I'm not worried. I, I am a little worried, Nate, but but I think you kind of hit, hit the hit the nail with the hammer there because I think at the end of the day, we have to start treating Kyle Pitts as a wide receiver when we're looking at his matchups. Like I'm not looking at points against fantasy tight ends for Kyle Pitts moving forward. It's wide receivers. Um, I think this does, on the other hand, it, it should elevate Cordell Patterson and Mike Davis both because they're gonna need them. Patterson's probably gonna play a little more in the slot, maybe even out wide a little bit. So we could see him and Mike Davis more on the field at same simultaneously times. So I guess we'll just braid forward, guys. Would you say you're probably not in a one-quarterback league? You're not trying to start Matt Ryan anytime soon? Absolutely not. Dude should have retired. <laughs>
2: okay. Okay, but we say that, but every single week he's putting up the numbers. So you Except
0: can't – Then he faced a mediocre Carolina defense. I mean, with to be fair, with Stephon Gilmore They're, and Jeremy Chin, their corners are good.
2: This was last week, right? This was like last yes, week, and they Did lost. You see his hand; he got. Oh, I mean, he's a, a trooper. trooper. He don't defeated. get me
1: wrong, but that doesn't sure. make him a fantasy valuable quarterback. I don't think he's
0: fantasy valuable. Mm. I think that I think that he has he's in a too one much QB money.
2: league. I would say you're correct.
1: Yeah, in superflex, different story. Yeah, in, in superflex, you got to find what you can get. But yeah, yeah. So, guys, it, it's a maybe a little bit of a downgrade for Kyle Pitts. Nate and General holding out hopes for him still um we'll see what happens with him the running backs get a boost other than that stay away from this Atlanta Falcons attack yeah Yeah. the other big news guys over over the weekend and didn't really filter in until Monday morning first of all I want to precurse this with what a wacky year this has been for the running back position like there's always injuries at the position but I mean if there was ever a time I've never been in a, a zero RB guy could never stomach it but, I mean, I'm just going to read through the, the names of running backs who have missed some chunk of the season, if not all of it. And, like, d- just to give you guys a little bit of scope of what we're talking about here. Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, CMC, Saquon Barkley, Chris Carson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, James Robinson, Travis Etienne, Dave Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, James White, Raheem Mostert, and Dalvin Cook has been in and out of the lineup at times. And that's not even mentioning Antonio Gibson, who has you know some type of shin injury that's not getting looked at in Washington. So, guys, that, that's 20-plus running backs, like starting running backs. So, like, if you have a running back right now who, who you started the season with, like, I'm just thankful that they're still not injured.
0: Unless it's Rojo because he's not injured and not doing <laughs> Okay, anything. well, he's not
1: a starting running back, though, but, yeah. He was to start the season. That is true. That is he true. might as well be hurt at this point. I, it's just crazy though. Like what is there any like actionable advice you can say other than like grab your handcuffs to the guys that are still out there? You know, the Alvin Camaros, make sure you have Mark Ingram, uh, make sure you have the AJ Dillon to your Aaron Jones. Um, I, I don't think there's a Chargers back out there rostering for Austin Eckler or Najee Harris in, in Pittsburgh, but when there is a, a handcuff that has some value, I think it's it's worth rostering now.
0: It um, is. I think I think- The way these injuries have popped up, it's
1: just wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and the latest one of them, guys, Derrick Henry, he's gonna be out anywhere from six to ten weeks. It looks like it's gonna be on the longer side as well. That was you know, that was the bombshell yesterday. Hopefully, you were able to get in there and maybe pick up Adrian Peterson before he was signed officially. I I I was able to do that in a couple leagues, so it was definitely beneficial. But right now we have 36 year old Adrian Peterson who signed with the team yesterday was out of a job this season until this injury. And uh, we, we also have Jeremy McNichols as well. The scat back for the Tennessee Titans as well. Are either of these guys worth a look, Nate, starting with you, do do you have any confidence in Adrian Peterson or McNichols trying to at least supplement some fantasy value that Derrick Henry had? So the way I'm looking at this backfield, I feel is it's going to be a 65, 35
0: split between Peterson on the 65% side, McNichols on the 35% side this team has to run the ball to win plain and simple because they're getting teams to load the box against a running attack with Derrick Henry, which is opening up AJ Brown and Julio Jones to uh, what's basically been a mediocre Ryan Tannehill. So if they can't continue up that dominance in the run game, they're going to start to just get destroyed because teams can sit on AJ Brown and Julio Jones. And it's, it's over. It's over. You can forget about it. I think that Adrian Peterson has had half of a season off in addition to an off season. He had a decent season in Washington last year with Antonio Gibson two years ago, two years years ago. ago, And then he was decent in Detroit last year. This could be like one of those weird things. Like when Roger Clemens would sit out for the first (laughs) half of the season and then sign with the Yankees for the second half lights out for half a season. I think Peterson can go lights out for half a season.
2: Well, and I, I think, think the passion is there too. He's yes. passionate. He did, great
1: locker room guy. Yeah, yes.
2: he he wants to be playing football still. He still says he has gas in the tank. So if he says that, I believe him. I mean, he's no Derrick Henry, but
1: no, no, it, not it,
2: even close. But. I mean,
1: nobody is Derrick Henry. But he, I mean, like let's be honest, the closest thing we've seen to Derrick Henry maybe in the last fifteen years is Adrian Peterson, a guy who can run yes. between mm-hmm. the tackles. Break long runs, mm-hmm. and he's not bad in the pass catching game either. He's better than he gets credit yep. for last year, just for reference, guys 604 yards and six touchdown or seven touchdowns, excuse me, for the Detroit Lions. Um, that was with DeAndre Swift, who was you know continuing to build all season. Right. Um, so I definitely think there's some merit here. Okay, I want to present a situation because I'm in an interest in one, and maybe this can help some other people out there too. I was able to pick him up in my home league, which super competitive league called the keg. Um, Kane's extraordinary gentleman. And my brother has Derek Henry. My older brother is Derek Henry. I picked up Adrian Peterson today. I've been getting trades for like Tyler Boyd um, and, and a couple like other like, you know, small pieces that I don't really find super valuable. Like what would you suggest for someone who maybe already has Adrian Peterson? Like, should you be holding him and wait to see what you have? Or should you shop him for a piece like a Tyler Boyd or something, maybe a little more. So in redraft, if you have Adrian
0: Peterson, it's because you just picked him up because there, no so. there was no way you were wasting. There's no way you were wasting your roster spot yeah. on him. Yeah, and if you did pick him up, you probably need him. So or, I'm,
2: or you're picking him up for trade bait if you've got, or it. you're
0: picking him up for trade bait. So then in that case, find the person who's running back needy and get whatever you need from them. Um, I'm talking like I don't know wide receiver two. Probably like a low-end wide receiver two,
1: high and wide. If, but you think like Tyler Boyd's probably lowballing me probably a little bit. He's more of a wide yeah, three flex play. I
0: take Higgins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I okay. Tiggins. I mean, yeah. So
1: it's like a low-end yeah. wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. Maybe like maybe like a a, a substantial tight end. Maybe like a, a Dalton Schultz or someone like that. Yep. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, Dalton Schultz would be a good take for it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think and as far as for people who need to go out and get Adrian Peterson tonight or tomorrow, obviously I think if I have the number one waiver claim in a redraft league priority wise, I'm probably spending that. Are you guys comfortable with that as well? It depends on your how needy you are. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm true. not
0: I'm not really we're in a I'm in a position in one league where Adrian Peterson would be helpful because I have Derrick Henry and it's actually right. a co-managed league with Jen and I. If you need if you need a running back, spend that high priority, but don't do that thinking that, oh, I'm going to trade, because you might not have anybody in your league who actually wants to make that deal. This is one of those know your league things. I think. I think that's that's great advice. I
1: think know it's very league, situational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, find that Derrick Henry owner, and, and make make some type of deal.
3: Yep.
1: Awesome, awesome well, guys. I appreciate you trying to make the best of a of a pretty poor situation we have there in Tennessee with with all this being said i would like to move forward to our midseason awards once again presented by underdog fantasy guys if you have not heard about underdog fantasy nate and i jen and i everyone in between media i don't want to say we're addicted but we're borderline addicted um it really just is the new way to play fantasy football how about it nate yeah dude it's uh pretty awesome
0: pretty intense the thing that's great about underdog is that they're Pretty much like they're pretty low dollar contests for the most part, unless you want to get fancy with it. But you've got your prop pick parlays that you can run for not just the NFL, they have Major League Baseball, which is coming to a close here, but NBA, NHL, fun ways to play. And you can win 20 times what you put in if you stack five and get them all right. Yes, sir. Then we've got two, four, and six man single game contests, single week contests, excuse me. Where you get to play against two, four, or six other people, it's a very quick draft, 30-second clock, and then you can walk away. And I've been getting into some of the larger contests. I won 10 bucks last weekend. Um, congratulations! Congratulations. (laughs) I never win a TFS and I won 10 bucks. They're super easy contests, so much fun, it's addicting. You need to get into it. Use the promo code IBT. With and that 100- was with Gronk.
2: You had Gronk in
0: too. I had Gronk and he got me zero <laughs> points and I still won 10 bucks. Awesome! Um, so yeah, guys, get in the game. Yep. Promo code yep. IBT. They will match your deposit up to $100, 100%. That's an amazing deal. It's an instant match. Get in there, get playing. It's fun. Look out Free for money. some in-between
1: sponsored contests coming up this weekend. Oh, yes. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and get into our mid-season awards.
3: Welcome to the In Between Media Mid-Season Awards. Categories are Fantasy MVP Biggest Disappointment Biggest Surprise Comeback Fantasy Player Breakout player here to stay.
1: All right, Sh- quick shout out to our guy, third and short, makes all the videos happen here in between media and our audio to in the back end, Kyle Scott as well. Guys, I want to start. I-, I think there's no other better place to start than the fantasy MVP through the first eight weeks. And obviously, things have changed a little bit in in the last week with one of our MVP candidates going down. But before we discuss and then ballot out with who we think should be the fantasy football MVP through week eight, let's go ahead and introduce the nominees.
3: Here are the nominations for fantasy MVP. Cooper Cup, Derek Henry, Jamar Chase and Tom Brady. All
1: right guys, obviously Cooper Cup here coming in. He- he's a very favorable candidate, I think. He's been a wide receiver one in six of eight weeks. Derrick Henry has also been um, an RB1 up to this point, the RB1 by more than 40 points. So definitely some validation there, even though we might not see him in the second half of the season. Jamar Chase, the, the wide receiver two, wide receiver three, depending on your scoring, um, was drafted very late in the offseason after all, all the, the drop rumors came out and you know a lot of preseason negative buzz towards him. And then Tom Brady, guys, the QB1, QB1 um, drafted as as the ADP QB9. So he's definitely made up value there. He's been very solid all season long. Guys, who who is your vote for uh, fantasy MVP starting with Jen?
2: Oh, Cooper Cup, hands down. Uh, He has 924 yards and (laughs) touchdowns, 10 touchdowns just in the first eight games. Like This is a no-brainer for
1: me. it's crazy because he had three, I think three all last season. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, he's leading the league in targets and I mean, he leads all fantasy players in points right now. Like he's scoring more than quarterbacks. Um, I'm definitely with you, Jen. I think it's Cooper cup here. I don't think there's really any debate um, where you got him was in the fourth or fifth round for a guy who's literally, I've seen teams that don't have much on their teams and are just being carried like seven and oh, six and one because of Cooper Cup. So, I'm on Cooper Cup. Nate, do you digress at all here?
0: Absolutely not. He has more fantasy points this season already than he had in 2020.
1: Yeah. So, wow. wow. Yeah. All right, yeah. guys. I think it is unanimous here. Fantasy football MVP midseason award goes to our guy, Cooper Cup out there in Los Angeles. Keep being awesome, Cooper Cup. We appreciate everything you're doing for our squads. Um, Moving forward here, guys, I would like to talk about the biggest disappointment. This is kind of honestly the the un-MVP, if you would, the the players who we drafted who've burned our teams. Um, Let's go ahead and introduce the nominees for the biggest disappointment.
3: Here are the nominations for biggest disappointment. Christian McCaffrey, Colin Robinson, Antonio Gibson, and
1: Darren Waller. All right, guys, you heard it there. Big, highly touted players here. Christian McCaffrey, obviously the 101, has played just a couple of games here. Um, A waste of a first-round pick. Carolina overused him. And, you know, once again, we see what's happened. I think we talked about it when he went out. Did he go on – was it week two that he went out with the injury or was it week three? I think it was week Week, three, right? three. Week three. I remember talking, you know, before that waiver wire show, and I I was saying that I was okay with spending a lot of fab – on Chuba Hubbard or using that number one claim because I was worried that something mm-hmm. like this could happen. And once again, like this really isn't all on Christian McCaffrey to me. This is also just on the Panthers organization for just being butt and managing injuries. But I mean obviously you drafted him thinking he was going to be an RB1 if not the RB one. But nothing close to it, hopefully of Chuba Hubbard. But I know I'm a, I'm in a couple leagues with Christian McCaffrey. I I've, I've no Hubbard. So I've been just stranded. Um Alan Robinson guys Wide receiver 60 right now. I mean, he has gone over double digits one time week two when he had a touchdown on two receptions. Just been a a complete – and he's been a landmine. There have been times where you thought you could start him and you absolutely could not start him. He's wide receiver 60, 60, not 16, 60, behind Cedric Wilson, Randall Cobb, and right above – like one point above Quez Watkins, rookie Quez Watkins for the Eagles. Probably casual fans might not know who he is, but – they would um, if they read my column two weeks ago. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Friday Night Insights by Jen Pulvo. A mm-hmm. l- l- little bit of a plug there. Um, guys, the last two nominees as we announced them, Antonio Gibson, RB18, has not looked great. Three straight weeks below 10 PP- PPR points. We were super high on him here in between media. I know a lot of guys in our community. Our guy, Rumboy Robbie, was touting him all off season, And it kind of a similar situation here in Washington. I mean, I, I've heard reports that their training staff is just not NFL level right now, and that I think that has something to do with what's going on with Antonio Gibson. He doesn't look right. We saw a lot of Jared Patterson here in Week 8. Um, and then, Jen, your guy, Darren Waller, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. what he was one of your all-in picks coming into the season, and right now he's tight end eight, only six games played, but still.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he's been a major disappointment. He was tight end three. And now he has fallen. And I don't know. I mean, when when will he potentially be back? Do we know?
1: Should be this week. It, is I, it
2: this week?
1: Yeah. yeah. It, it sounds like
0: it'll be this week.
2: Okay. Well, let's hope so, so that he can redeem himself. I mean, obviously, terrible, terrible, terrible news coming out of Las Vegas today. But um, I don't know what that's going to do to the locker room, what that's going to do to the team. Um, but, yeah, Darren Waller is a player who he was my all-in. I mean, my, my biggest disappointment is Christian McCaffrey, but Darren Waller, oof, man, it's been sad. I, I
1: yeah, I think I'd probably have to go with Alan Robinson here as my biggest disappointment. Just because, like, at least Christian McCaffrey and, like, Antonio Gibson, you can kind of blame the, the teams a little bit. Like, Alan Robinson, this is, like, he's on the franchise tag. It's still a contract year for him. I mean we can kind of I guess blame Matt and Nagy a little bit cuz that's always okay. fun to do but I mean overall though like like I I mean I had Allen Robinson in a in a couple leagues and I was playing him like just hoping like there ha- like same thing with Robert Woods at the beginning of the year like hoping like okay there's a turnaround coming he's going to have a good game I played him 5 out of the first 6 weeks I fired him up in week 7 again because of the Tampa Bay Bucks, who had you know six string corners out there and just again he, he landmined my team I mean, I, I, I eventually traded him this week. I find, and the, like there was no high to even trade him on. So I think that's why I go, I mean, he's my, we are guy. You know what I mean? Penn state Nate, where, where are yep. you at on, on this conversation? The biggest disappointment. So it's Allen Robinson for me. Um, I
0: really, part of that's on me for drafting him as high as I did, because I really believed in Justin Fields and I still do the offensive scheme has been trash and Allen Robinson just simply isn't getting open. He isn't getting the looks. Justin Fields doesn't have time to find him. He's not a focal point, which is crazy for a guy on the franchise tag. Like you would assume this dude would be a focal point in this offense, but he hasn't been the bears just like (sighs) it's a dumpster fire outside of David Montgomery. As long as Matt Nagy's on the sideline. But even when Matt Nagy isn't on the sideline, as we saw this past weekend, Allen Robinson still isn't a thing. So, expectation, I think, expectation versus what's actually happened. Allen Robinson isn't startable, he's borderline droppable. Oh, yeah. None of the other three guys on this list are even remotely that bad. I mean, you're not going to drop Darren Waller, you're not going to drop Antonio Gibson as much as you might want to, because I'm on board with him being super disappointing as well especially given his ADP and CMC. You're hoping that something else happens with Allen Robinson. It's like he's dead weight in Chicago and on your fantasy rosters.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just a name at this point. It reminds me a lot of his 2016, 2017 season. I think it was either as I think it was the last season in Jacksonville there, um, or at least maybe the last season before he got hurt. Um, But he was super disappointing. He was a landmine that season two drafted in the top three rounds and just disappointed. Um, so hopefully you can get them out off your rosters, but I think it's pretty inconclusive here, guys. The, the overall fantasy biggest disappointment so far in 2021 is none other than Penn State's own Allen Robinson. Yeah, I think that's fair. <clears throat> All right, guys, <laughs> let's move off the negative. Let's move to something positive here. Cause there's a lot of positive to celebrate and let's go ahead and introduce the nominees for the biggest surprise of the 2021 fantasy football season through the first eight weeks.
3: Here are the nominations for biggest surprise. Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, Cordero Patterson, and Joe Burrow.
1: All right, guys. So this one's a super fun category, I think, because these are players we did not see coming. Starting with Elijah Mitchell, I will say we did highlight him um, right before the draft, actually, one of our draft episode specials is as I think he was a Scott Shore thing, sleeper of the week for someone who could go in a good situation. Obviously he went late in the draft to the San Francisco 49ers behind Trey Sermon. He was, you know, kind of buried in the roster to guys like Wayne Gallman, um, who ended up getting cut from the team and Raheem Mostert, but Elijah Mitchell, he's made the most of his opportunity on the same team, Debo Samuel um guy a lot of people kind of wrote off after multiple injuries last season was really kind of worthless in fantasy football in 2020 bounces back right now he's a wide receiver three on a points per game basis and how about cordell patterson as well um you know he's basically a free running back one he's the ppr rb8 right now and um i mean just just as we already highlighted he's probably going to be even more valuable in the back half the season um And the last one here, which I think is really just a a kind of a feel good story. And we love that here in between media. We're all about feel good. Um, Joe Burrow bounces back so quickly from that ACL, guys, has looked phenomenal. QB8 on the season right now. Jen, starting with you, who's been your biggest surprise this season out of these candidates?
2: Probably Elijah Mitchell. I mean, we hated on him big time. I mean, Nate and I did. I'll just. (laughs) 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 But, man, I mean, he's really blown up. He has 433 yards and three touchdowns. And when he's utilized, he's a machine. He's had three 100-yard-plus games in the last five games. Like, that's amazing. And I love Joe Burrow. So it was kind of a tie for me there between Elijah Mitchell and Joe Burrow. But I had to give it to Elijah.
0: Yeah, Elijah Mitchell, um, I didn't see this coming Mostly, and the reason I hated on him was not from a talent perspective, it was because of Kyle Shanahan and Mm -hmm. how he's managed that backfield between Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, Michael Hasty, Raheem Mostert. They had Wayne Gallman, like it was just, it just seemed like a Texans type mess in that backfield. And then you got Jeff Wilson getting ready to come off the pup list and practice this week. So, Elijah Mitchell, surprising. Um, Joe Burrow is not surprising to me. I wasn't surprised. This is exactly what I expected out of Joe Burrow this season. I would have been disappointed if we had not mm. seen this from him, but Cordero Patterson has to be the most surprising. This is a guy in what he's in his ninth year in the league. He's was drafted to be a Percy Harvin type player, um, yeah. stealing words from our good friend of the show, Jeff Bell, but he was drafted with that idea in Minnesota and it never panned out. It didn't pan out. It didn't pan out. And now here we are. We're seeing him do it. And man, like he has saved Atlanta in so many situations oh, this season. Yeah. Without dude, if they didn't have Cordell Patterson. What's their record?
1: Oh, one and one and one and seven. One in seven. Oh, oh, and like I mean, oh and, like, yeah, and eight. Yeah, it's the
0: oh and eight. Yeah, they could be. They could have a big over.
1: Did you see his t- his touchdown this weekend was just phenomenal. He's just bulldozing yes. guys, and I mean, no, I, I I definitely agree. He's he he has been surprising. The reason I couldn't vote for either Mitchell or Patterson is because preseason I kind of liked both these guys a little bit. Like I definitely saw at like an RB two hole there in Atlanta. I didn't think he would become the RB one, but by any means. But what really kind of scared me off of Cordell Patterson. It sounds so dumb to think of it. But, like, I had him, like, I think RB45 in our initial redraft PPR rankings in, in the in the draft guide. But, but I, he got buried once Wayne Gallman came into the picture in Atlanta because I'm, I'm a huge Wayne Gallman guy. So I was, like, I was kind of out on Patterson at that point. And, and it sucked because, like, you missed out on a guy who was at the end of your benches if, if you drafted him at all. If not, you picked him up after week one or two, and he's just been an absolute stud since. Um my, my vote did go to Debo Samuel just because personally that's one I did not see coming. Um, I like Debo. He was floating around kind of in some late drafts like Scott Fishbowl. He was just on the board forever. I was like, man, I want to get I want to get Debo. And like I just never did. I never got him in any leagues. I had him a couple couple leagues last year and he was kind of like just a dud because of the injuries. But I mean, no one saw the the, the collapse of Brandon Ayuk coming and and Ooh. just Debo Samuel elevating to what he is.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's pretty wild. I love to see it. And he's doing it with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Imagine when Who Trey Lance... He good last week. He did look good last week. He had a rushing touchdown. He actually won me. to help me win a league. <laughs> Shockingly. But that's not the norm from Garoppolo. It's not. And the fact that Debo has continued to maintain his relevance. I mean, he's... The, it helps that George Kittle hasn't been right this season. So yeah. we're seeing more mm-hmm. Debo. But also we're seeing that Debo is a valuable wide receiver. And when they fire Kyle Shanahan this off season, possibly because it's a mess. E- wow. I, right. dude, if I was, if I was Jed York, I'm talking to my GM. I'm talking to John Lynch about moving on from Kyle Shanahan I because mean. it's kind of a mess. And they, he really haven't, he, I don't like it. All right, yeah, definitely a debate for a different podcast. Yes, but but I'm not Debo Samuel surprising because I didn't see anything in that offense really being fluid or relevant because it seemed like such a mess. Yet here we are, and Debo Samuel is Debo Samuel quarterback proof
1: when he's healthy. Might be, he might be. We'll see what happens with him, guys. We were we are all three split on this decision. So I did go to our graphic designer and video editor, Third and Short, to split the decision. He went Cordell Patterson, so he will get the award for the biggest surprise of the first eight weeks of the fantasy football season. As we said, a free RB1 for nothing. For nothing. Yep, for nothing. (laughs) Cordell Patterson, guys. All right, let's go ahead and move on to comeback fantasy players of the first eight weeks. Guys, this has got to be probably my favorite segment just because, I mean, We're all about the comeback stories here at IBT. So let's go ahead and fire up our nominees for comeback player of the midseason.
3: Here are the nominations for comeback fantasy player. Matthew Stafford, Leonard Fournette, C.J. Uzoma, A.J. Green.
1: All right, guys. So comeback fantasy player, Matthew Stafford, obviously, has not been fantasy relevant in, in a couple years. I mean, he's been a streamer at best, but been injured a lot with the Lions, just, you know, behind a bad team lately. So we hadn't been playing him. He's QB3 this season. He was going um, QB10 or later in most drafts. So that was great to get Matthew Stafford at a great discount. You know, it's been great to see him and the Rams do so well. Um, just love to see it. My guy, Leonard Fournette, is also on this list. You guys know, I, I mean, I've been, I've been like, it, it, I was never really a Leonard Fournette guy, honestly, until like the playoffs last year. I just saw something different. I saw like a different edge, and we even like we even heard a story, some rumors this offseason that um, Bruce Arians actually had a conversation with Leonard Fournette midseason last year and said, "I can either cut you or you can get your shit together." And mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette got a shit together, guys, and he's been the RB12. He's eighth in RB in targets right now. Like he's just been a machine. T- Taken over that backfield, and you got him for a fifth or sixth round price. So, so that's been great to see. He was the RB. So, <clears throat> per Fantasy Pros
0: consensus ADP in 2021, he was being drafted as the running back 33. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he's going behind, he was going behind guys like Chase Edmonds, Gus Edwards, Javante Williams, Damian Harris, Raheem Mostert, Mike Davis, Miles Gaskin.
1: Yeah, I, I, we'll talk about some of our best calls later on. I'll talk more about Lenny, but no, I I agree. He was ranked way too low. Okay. I was way higher on consensus than him, and like almost had to check myself a couple times, you know, before we put out our draft guide because I felt so, uh, uh, you know, insanely high on him. But he's been fantastic. It's great to see him. You know, it it, it just proves a, what a winning culture can do, and what a guy like Tom Brady can do for someone's career. So that that's been great to see from Leonard Fournette. Other candidates, guys, C.J. Uzama for the Cincinnati Bengals tight end. He tore his ACL last year as well, in addition to Joe Burrow. He hasn't been crazy great this season, but he's tight end 10. He's had some really big games, Um, you know, week-winning games if you happen to play him those weeks. And, you know, if you are in a 12- or 16-team league, you could be relying on him moving forward. So C.J. Uzama, great, great, you know, just a great story for modern medicine and what it can do for you. And then A.J. Green, guys, wide receiver 31. I think it's safe to say we all kind of wrote off A.J. Green coming into the season. I did. And, you know, he probably could even be higher than wide receiver 31 if he would have turned around on Thursday night. I'm surprised at how much
0: they've used him, given DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk. But when he's healthy, we've always known this about A.J. Green. When he's healthy, he's elite. It's just been staying on the field. Mm
1: -hmm. Definitely. It's it's been nice for Kyler to kind of have a different, different, you know, just a big body out there that he really hasn't had in recent years. And I mean, I I definitely think like AJ Green is like, he didn't have a great game on Thursday. Obviously had, you know, the game losing, not turning around and catching that ball to, to potentially win that game. I would maybe be honestly like acquiring him like low, honestly, like I think he's like, a wider res- high end wide receiver three at this point, especially in that Arizona offense, depending on Kyler Murray's health.
0: Of course, of course. Uh, he was being drafted as a wide receiver. 66.
1: Okay. Okay. Just, wow. Just, yeah, just for, re- no. yeah, that's awesome. Just, just for reference. That's all. So guys, you know who I'm going with for the comeback fantasy player of the year. I'm going Lenny Fournette. Um, any argument from either of you guys?
2: No, I'm going him.
1: Absolutely not. We all thought he was dead. And yep. here he is
0: yep. flourishing and he looks good.
2: Yes,
1: sir. Playoff Lenny, baby. That's him regular season Lenny after this one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Love to see it guys. We do have one more final category here for our mid season awards. None other than the breakout player of the first half of the season, but we changed it. We put our, our spin on it. Breakout player here to stay someone we expect to continue this breakout not just you know through the next couple of weeks, but throughout the fantasy football season and possibly throughout their career. So let's go ahead and introduce the nominees for the breakout player of the first eight weeks of the season.
3: Here are the nominations for breakout player here to stay. Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman Jr., Jalen Waddell, and Tony Pollard.
1: All right, kind of a variety of players here, guys, for the breakout player here to stay obviously marquise brown he's been sensational wide receiver six on a points per game basis for the baltimore ravens really taken over this season um you know i think he's the definition of a post-hype sleeper really when you think about it had a lot of hype coming into year two did not deliver delivered here in year three obviously nate's guy michael pittman nate had one of the th- those of you new to the show nate had one of the hottest takes all off season, he called Michael Pittman being a wide receiver one. Was taking him very early in some like dynasty drafts I was in, um, and right now Michael Pittman is uh, he's a wide receiver one. <laughs> so there you go.
2: I called him favorite target. Like he, Wentz has loved
0: him. It's and, and the talent is undeniable. The dude is just doing things like some of his touchdown catches. It's like oh alpha, mm-hmm. alpha alpha dog.
1: Alvin yeah.
0: and T.Y. Hilton being back hasn't mattered, even when he's been healthy.
1: For the six quarters he's been healthy, yeah. For the six quarters he's been healthy, which yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. But I mean, Michael Pittman's been insane. Just I mean, mossing people. It, it, it's been great to see Carson Wentz has really relied on him. Kind of reminds me of Alshon Jeffrey in his glory days. Um, Jalen Waddle, guys. I mean, he's a rookie and, and definitely someone I wasn't expecting to break out. And he's been wide receiver twenty six you know, one of the lead leaguers and targets right now. It, I mean, they probably want to get the ball to Will Fuller and Devontae Parker, but they just haven't been on the field to stay healthy. Um, so he's been a great candidate for a breakout who could possibly stay around for the second half. And how about Tony Pollard, RB 30 guys. And you know, that that's RB two in the Dallas system. Tony that's Pollard. Tough one. Yeah. This was a
0: really tough one. I like Tony Pollard. Me too. I I. I'm fading Zeke. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Dak and that offense runs
1: better when Pollard's more involved,
3: mm-hmm.
1: are, personally. Are you guys, like, I know we're more of a redraft a redraft podcast, but do you have any intel or any, any thoughts that maybe Pollard, after this contract years up, he could maybe go somewhere else and possibly be a starter in the league? Or do you see him just more of, like, a, a good number two slasher type of back? I see him... I see this situation in
0: Dallas shaping up to a Kamara Ingram type situation in Ingram's first turn in new Orleans, where they were both fantasy relevant. Ingram got the majority of the, the touches carries Kamara was primarily a receiving back, but still got touches in the running game that made him ultra relevant. That's it. I think Pollard's more of the receiving guy that gets some of the running work and Zeke, Transitions to more of the running guy in that offense. And I think mm-hmm. that he stays in Dallas with Dak and remains relevant for fantasy purposes for the next, I don't know, five, six years. This
2: guy's the limit.
0: Yeah. I mean, this Dallas team is about to, I mean, it's going to be weird for the next like three, four seasons how good they're going to be. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. G- guys, I think my vote would probably have to go for Hollywood Brown. Um, I mean, I just, the different routes he's been running this season has been great to see. Like we, we often saw him always kind of playing the outside. He's been shifted in the slot a little bit, been playing a little bit X and Y that's been really nice to see. And just his route running has been so much more crisp. He, he has separation all the time. And, you know, outside of a couple drops, he could be probably even maybe a little higher on this list. And like, I know Rashad Bateman's coming back. So obviously that puts into question, whether or not he's here to stay, but I just think he is. I, I think with the way the Ravens are shaping out this year, we've talked about it on the podcast a lot and just at, you know, in our columns at in-between media, but the Ravens are a passing team. Now they kind of have to be with the loss of Gus Edwards, JK Dobbins, um, Justice Hill, all those guys. So I think Marquise Brown, he's a wide receiver six right now. I think there's a good chance he finishes maybe not as a wide receiver one, but very close. I think definitely top 14. Who do you guys think he had a breakout? I think
2: he ate a slice of humble pie after last season. And I think that he's working more on himself as a team player rather than being Hollywood Brown. Mm -hmm. And um, I I like everything you said. For me, I'm probably going to stick with Pittman on this one just because of everything
0: that we talked about. I'm in the same camp. I like Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I think that Rashad Bateman kind of eats into that conversation of him being wide receiver one moving forward past this season. Michael Pittman, however, is the alpha in Indy and whether it's Carson Wentz at quarterback or whoever they end up bringing in next season, if they move on from Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman is going to see the lion's share of targets in that offense. And he's going to see the red zone work and he's going to continue to To eat like it's just he's a wide he's the wide receiver 10 so far this season, which people called me crazier for saying he could finish in the top 10 of wide receivers. Yeah. Now I know we're only halfway through the season, but Michael Pittman is a stud.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's going to change unless there's an injury. I I think he only
0: I think he only moves up. mm -hmm. I think we talk at the end of the season. He's between five and seven. Okay. I don't
1: know. I don't know if I'd go That's that right. high, but i would definitely say somewhere between 12 and 15. Like, I mean, we know that there's no Paris Campbell probably moving for the rest of the season. Nope. He's likely out. I don't think T Y Hilton's going to be a factor where he can't stay nope. on the field. I think you left again with another injury this week. Yep. Um, and outside that, you know, they have the, the spirit of of Jack Doyle and, and oh, right. Alley Fox who put up a donut here last week. So, I mean, they need to lean on their best players and that that's obviously Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. So, I mean, I'm not going to fight you guys any longer on this. I will give it to you, Nate, the breakout (laughs) player here to stay for the first eight weeks of the season is none other than Michael freaking Pittman. Y'all Michael freaking Pittman. All right. Uh Guys, we appreciate we appreciate um, all, all the insight here for the Mid-Season Awards. We do have one final segment here. We're not going to let you go quite yet. We're going to put a, a little more fantasy football in your night. Um, that's going to be our sure thing sleeper of the week. Guys, this is presented by Stephen Quality Barbering Services. If you guys haven't checked out Stephen's Quality Barbering Services yet, I highly recommend them. They're up in Kerwinsville, PA. So if you're from Center County, PA, Clearfield County, PA, Jefferson County, really anywhere in, in Central to Western PA. I highly recommend Noah Stevens and, and his barbering services, guys. He's going to hook you up with a quality haircut for a quality price. And you're going to have a quality conversation. This is a quality experience along the way. If you want to get booked with Noah, we have the holidays coming up, guys. I know you want to look fresh. I have a wedding coming up this weekend. I'm actually heading up to Noah's tomorrow to get get trimmed up a little bit. So, uh, guys, Make sure you go to stevens-quality.genbook.com. Book your appointment. Get in. Get looking fresh today, guys. Appreciate our friends over there at Stevens Quality Barbering Services. And let's go ahead and head into our final segment of the evening, Sure Thing Sleeper of the Week.
3: It's the Sure Thing Sleeper of the Week.
1: Man, that brings some vibes back because we're definitely getting into the colder part of, part of the fall here in PA. Like, we got like highs of fifties this week. How are you guys like handling it out there? What's the weather been like?
2: We had snow yesterday. Jackson kept running around saying it's the beginning of the holidays. Oh, uh, the, <laughs> the holidays. So, oh, what was yeah, the high today? It was like forty one. I think was the high today. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: welcome to wonderful
1: colorado everybody wants
0: to live here it was almost
2: 80 (laughs) last week and then snow today
1: yep Mm -hmm. the the joys the joys guys of weather um we are going to make it a little bit better for our audience out there tonight we do have some short things sleepers of the week those new to the show this our segment to kind of just give you some some players who either maybe possibly out there on your waiver wire or they're your end of benches and you can maybe have some confidence heading into week nine here Definitely a pivotal point in the season. Like, really, this is kind of the part in the season where I feel like you either have a good team in your league or you, you kind of know you don't, or you might be on the cusp. So mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna help you guys get over that hump. Uh, Jen, why don't you kick us off with your short thing sleep for the week?
2: Oh man, this kind of actually like makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. But I'm going Boston Scott. Like <laughs> he burned me so bad last year, but like yeah. Oh man, heading into week nine against the Chargers, the Eagles are going to have to run the ball like period end of sentence. We all thought Kenneth Gainwell was going to get the majority of the carries, but her leaned primarily on Scott during big plays last week. So um, I don't remember what he's rostered in the majority of leagues right now, but it's like 5%. Yeah. Likely he's out there. Miles Sanders is out. So Boston Scott is going to continue to get the carries until Sanders gets back. And I mean, really he's, a one week pickup. Like, do not put all of your eggs in the Boston Scott basket because yeah. it's not going to yeah. work out for you. But this week, I feel like he might he might be able to do something against the Chargers. You know, give you give you some good yardage, maybe even a touchdown.
1: Well, we ha- we haven't seen the Chargers secondary really falter at all. They've been pretty strong lately. The Eagles passing game has kind of been. You know, we haven't heard from Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager in weeks now. So you know, so. Dallas Dallas Goddard's hanging on by a thread. It seems like so. I definitely agree. I mean, this running game, the Chargers that they give the most fantasy points to opposing backs. So I mean, yeah. I, I think it's wheels up for Boston Scott here, unless unless Nick Sirianni pulls a fast one on us again here.
2: <laughs> but for one week, one week. Yeah, one, one week, though. one week. Yes. yes. He's not well, I a think what, take for the rest I, of the
0: season. No, I think what's interesting though is that he split carries almost evenly between gainwell howard and scott but gainwell didn't see any of the red zone work
1: but well, he's howard great and scott. all season there too yeah i you know which is work at the at the end of the game
0: yeah yep um I, I love this call i love it i'm all about it well you wrote about him this week too so. i did true of course So obviously I'm all about it. It sucks
2: when we have independent thoughts about the same person at the (laughs) same time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Nate, who else are you all about this week, brother? Who are
0: you taking the shore with you? So this one kind of makes me want to puke a little bit (laughs) in my mouth as well, (laughs) but situation dictates weird things sometimes. And with the injuries we're seeing in the league, like schemes change, uh, focus on players changes, Mark Ingram. So I referenced this a little bit earlier in the show where the good old days of Ingram and Camara, where it was Ingram ran the ball, Camara caught the ball. And then they kind of like, you saw some crossover here and there, but they were both fantasy relevant. I remember Jen winning some matchups because she had Mark Ingram as her running back, even with Camara in new Orleans, because he was putting up points Jameis Winston done for the season he's gone so now we're looking at Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill in some sort of mix depending on Taysom Hill's health he's still in concussion protocol after two weeks which is concerning to me because it's kind of like DeAndre Swift last season where he just stuck in concussion protocol forever yeah and he came back play this week though it's likely he will but if you remember when DeAndre Swift came back from concussion protocol, he was wonky for like two or three weeks. Mm. There was a lot of questions. As, what's wrong with him? Maybe that's similar with Hill. Maybe it's not. Probably doesn't matter. Mark Ingram is going to get the ball. They need to use Mark Ingram. <laughs> yeah, they, they need do. to. They do. And he looked last week, this past weekend, he looked like a new man back home in New Orleans, yeah. excited. If you saw the locker room celebration after the game, the video of that, um, the most impressive part obviously being Jameis Winston medicated through the roof, <laughs> dancing with his crutches. But Mark Ingram was a huge part of that. He's happy to be home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's ready to be home. And now he might just ball out the rest of the season because this New Orleans team, New Orleans team is a contender. They're only a half game out of leading their division behind Tampa Bay. They need Mark Ingram to ball out, and that's what he's there for. And he's a guy that I'm confident rostering rest of season and rolling out every week because it's going to be there once they get him rolling in this offense, which I think will be next week. You're going to want to have him, especially given the running back landscape right now in fantasy football.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm comfortable, you know, saying I'm going to roll him out every week after this, but I mean, I'm definitely intrigued this week. Uh, Obviously it's a pretty good matchup against Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, like you said, obviously they can't really air it out with Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. We don't know the status of Michael Thomas. That's the other thing, guys. I mean, I think long-term wise here, Mark Ingram's definitely interesting. Like Nate said, just because like, I think it's a similar situation to, you know, the lack of Calvin Ridley in Atlanta right now. Cordell Patterson's going to have to play more receiver. I think Alvin Kamara's going to have to play more wide receivers, just how it's going to stack out um we know the boys are back man like like i'm excited for mark ingram here nate i think it's a it's a nice call here
2: and the energy the energy is gonna it's just shifted it's shifted in new orleans a thousand percent and then like you said going up against atlanta who's now out calvin ridley like it's not looking good
1: that you know that that that, that's a big move by by sean payton and just new orleans in general to like admit like all right, maybe we shouldn't have let Mark Ingram go a couple years ago. Let's bring him back in. Let's, you know, I I like that. I like that person. I think that speaks volumes to this organization. Mm
2: Me too.
1: All right. And my final sure thing sleeper of the week, guys. Week nine, critical week for you. Someone that I'm comfortable throwing in is a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three, flex. What you need? My guy, Hunter Renfro. Obviously, we haven't really talked about it yet today, guys, but Las Vegas, the news out of Las Vegas earlier today, Henry Ruggs was involved in what seems to be a fatal car accident. He was luckily survived the accident, um, but is going to be likely charged with a DUI leading to a fatality. So, I mean, I don't think there's really any other way to say, like Henry Ruggs' future in the NFL is very grim right now. Um, I think obviously Las Vegas has to pivot, We haven't seen a lot of production out of guys like Darren Waller this season. Brian Edwards has kind of been up and down, you know, been an overtime hero nonetheless, but still up and down. I think this opens up the door for Henry Renfro. I mean, he's wide receiver 36 with a bye. So, you know, definitely competing for mid wide receiver three numbers right now. And in the wake of this Henry Ruggs news and in in the wakes of of just the matchup coming up here, I, I think Henry Ruggs is a really good a really good option here in week nine. I love Hunter Redfro this week. Um, Sans
0: rugs. Brian Edwards hasn't done much. I think it also means that Darren Waller is going to start getting more involved in the offense. They're going to need to lean on him a little bit more, but Hunter Redfro has been solid anyway.
2: Yeah. There's only been one week that I didn't love his performance. And that was week six against Denver. I mean, otherwise he's been solid. I love this.
0: Yeah. No, it's a good call.
1: And it's the Giants this week. Like, I know the Giants like kind of kept Patrick Mahomes in check, but I think that's more of an issue with the Chiefs. Like, we we saw Tyreek Hill have a lot of receptions. We saw Cooper Cup go, you know, three weeks ago, go nuts against him. Similar type player, obviously probably more talented than Hunter Renfro, but Cooper Cup went ham against him, slot player. We've seen the Cowboys wide receivers all go ham against him for touchdowns. So, I I mean, they have to lean on someone here, whether it's Kenyon Drake or whether it's Cooper – or. Whether it's Hunter Renfro, I'm not 100 sure, but we know he has a floor, and I think the ceiling comes and matches it this week as well. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it,
1: guys. Any final final thoughts, messages of, of advice, whether lifestyle related, fantasy football related, as we head into week nine here, guys. Pivotal part of the season, and you know, holiday season's right around the corner too. It's getting a busy busy time in our lives as well. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah so nothing nothing to add. Stay warm <laughs> for those of us in cold
0: climates. <laughs> <laughs> buy warm, go to Costco, buy warm clothes before they're sold they're, out, folks. They're on sale right now. Yeah. I just want to <laughs> say um, be smart, take care of the people around you, enjoy mm-hmm. the holiday season because it's an awesome time of year. You get to be all like warm and cozy and drink cider and yeah. light fires and have fun. We're all supposed to – I mean, what's the point of being here if we're not having fun, right?
2: Great. We're here. We're put on this earth to enjoy life. Enjoy
1: it. Have fun. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that, guys. I'll just echo what you said. And let's have fun in fantasy football too because, like, yes, there have been so many wild cards. We're going to continue to get hit by curveballs this year. But, you know, we're going to have fun along the way. We're here every Tuesday night starting at 930. If you want to catch us on the live stream edition – And, you know, every Wednesday as well, we have the audio version coming out. Come hang out with us. We got content in between media coming out seven days a week. So we're here for you, whatever you need, lifestyle, fantasy, football related. Jen, Nate, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Thank you to all our awesome audience members out there as well. Guys, for Jen, Nate, I'm Seth. We'll be back next week. Keep it in between until then the in-between
0: fantasy football podcast
1: so one thing that you know really sets us apart here is is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related do what you
0: can to become a better person to become a better human